Ladies and gents, Shelby's and Solomon's, Mosley's and Nelson's, welcome back to the Peaky Pod. Or what are we, Zach? What network are we? We are currently the (laughs) Midnight Exchange Podcast Network, soon to become the Soapbox Podcast Network. Yeah. Why Soapbox, Zach? Well, let's not talk about that. Let's leave let's, them in suspense. Yeah, let's leave them in suspense. We'll, no one gives we'll a shit. Not All right, at look, this point. guys, we're back. It's uh, season six, episode two. And very much the way uh, that was a long-winded setup, this last episode was a, not long-winded, but it was a setup episode. Can we agree on that? I agree. I was, uh, it was a bit slow, honestly. It felt, it felt I, slow. It, didn't it ended feel, well. It felt necessary for me because it was like the introduce all of the pieces. If last episode was like, what has everybody been up to episode? Then this episode is, who are all of the players involved in the season? Sorry for the sniffling. I'm sounding like Arthur Shelby here. <laughs> um, I've been taking care of this puppy. And the puppy, I think... Is setting off my allergies here, but um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Something's been setting off my allergies today. I don't know what. Yeah, can, is can, it is it spring? Are we entering? Is it? We are entering spring. There's been some. I've been told they're called wildflowers outside. So yeah, yeah. What's the pollen level? Your wife always knows oh, the pollen I levels. I don't know. I haven't asked today. <laughs> Air quality <laughs> low. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways, yeah, my my allergies are going through the roof. At least the pup is behaving now. I was irritated uh, a little while ago because it's just like, bro, with a puppy, it never ends, man. You got to pay attention to it all the time. And then it was raining. And then he got like these green leaves in his paws and just, I can't get him out. So I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. He's sleeping with him tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sister didn't give me a a brush to brush it out. You know what I mean? Like who doesn't leave a brush inside the bag? I hope she listens to this episode. But at least he's behaving. He's just curled up in his bed right now. He's a cute pup. He's a good pup. It's just, uh, I'm just. Can can we talk about the name of the pup? I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's yeah. the perfect name. Yeah, the dog's name is actually um, Finn, and in uh, true Shelby fashion, he also doesn't listen to like anything I say. I can't anything I do to this dog, like just discipline wise. It just it doesn't matter. It's he's fearless. He does not give a rat's ass um yeah, he needs to prove himself he doesn't think he's a general so before watching this episode uh there's a trailer that pops up and there's mm-hmm. an official bbc peaky podcast oh, obsessed yeah. with peaky blinders is what it's called i have like a goal you know i always feel like we got to make like a competition out of something always you gotta have some challenge right i you know i want the competition to be that we surpass the BBC pod in terms of podcast listeners. I mean, where is the BBC pod? Because when I look it up on the Apple podcast, I don't even see it. At least I don't think I do. Maybe it's on their own like dedicated app or something. I see Obsessed With BBC. They have a show called Obsessed With. It's like a general thing in BBC. Mm -hmm. And um, they do that for like a bunch of their shows. Mm. Well, they, they have been talking about yeah, they did a they did Peaky Blinders six dot two black shirt, so they do. I don't know. I might have to listen to that and see what it is. Yeah, but, uh, do, do the we research. are right after that. Like, are we? We're right after them. I mean, I'm looking. I is it because you is it because you follow our own podcast? I don't think so. I want to say no, because if I followed our own podcast, I would imagine this would be like number one. If uh, 
if I were to pull it up, but it's not. It's so, not. Okay. All right. Maybe yeah. we're doing something right. We're do- Nobody wants to listen to this, right? Although I would find it interesting to listen to a pod that's literally, you know, just starting out. You get to be a OG. Yeah. I mean, I think our production quality is pretty good, so I'm, I'm happy with it. We're all right. <laughs> We're all right. I did think our little intro with the, in the bleak midwinter, I thought that was a bit long. I could, why? Because I almost never listened to our podcasts again, uh-huh. and I just went on a streak where I was listening to it, and like, it's like 50 seconds in, and the intro is still playing. I'm like, I immediately text you. I'm like, hey, I think this is way too long. It's like 59 seconds of this intro. I don't know how people are getting past this. Because it's a beautiful song. It really I is. I think you were just drunk one day and you were like, in your, <laughs> and you're like feeling yourself or something and you were just like crying, like one tear coming down. And you're just in like, the bleak midwinter. In the bleak midwinter. I was, right, I was uh, Tommy at the beginning it. of, uh, what was it, last season or this season? I think it was last season when he, he chokes up in the bleak and he can't finish it. That's what it is. It's great. Are you crying? Uh, well, just like our intro is way too long, this intro has been five and a half minutes. So let's get into <laughs> Series 6, Episode 2. Black Shirt. Are we just going to name every episode here on out with uh, black in front? Uh, you know, we we did talk about this um, mm-hmm. just before. Well, we talked about it yesterday, basically. Um, mm. I I feel like every episode in the seasons, season is going to start with black something. And then we both agreed that the last episode is going to be white something. You said white horse. I'm not going to. I don't know. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I think the last episode of the season, it's going to be like black, 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 black. And mm-hmm. then we'll get white somewhere. I'd say white horse because it's biblical. And Tommy's apparently been reading the Bible. Well, it also, it also goes with with the storyline that we'd been hearing, right? About, you know, the black horse and his mom bought a white horse or something like that, right? Yeah. So, that might be where we end up. I concur, my friend. I concur. Uh, right. Do me a favor. Do a little bit of a... What do you call that when you're just trying to buy some time? Banter. Yeah, banter. Yeah, I'll banter for a minute. Well, um... I'm still enamored by the uh, the dog named Finn. But anyways, back to, you know, I suck at bantering. You always put me on the spot with this crap. Always on the spot with the bantering. Um, I'm super excited for the rest of the season, as I've been excited for this entire season. Your bant- do you think this... Your bantering game. I can't even Your bantering you. game is atrocious. I told atrocious. you. Like, you can't put me on the spot last minute. Folks, I'm sorry. I had to blow my nose, and I don't think anybody wants to listen to... Me blowing my nose, but let's I, get, <laughs> let's get into the intro. Tommy's been reading the Bible. Apparently, he pro- quotes Proverbs uh, seventeen seventeen. 17. Uh, brother is made for adversity, or uh, a friend is made. Oh, whatever. Let's um, <laughs> let's get into this. All right, you gotta you gotta share what you're watching over there. So this is gonna be stay on track. Why do I have to share? Just start it. I'm on the. Uh, I don't have it. Open it up. Golly, I'm the unprepared one today. Oh. What are you doing? Zach is the prepared one for this today's episode, but he's a couple of Negronis in, so I'm he's a, feeling I'm better a than me. Single Negroni in, single Negroni. I wish I was two Negronis in. I mean, it, it is pretty good. All right, All let's right. Uh, get this thing 
open and on the road. See, people aren't joining for my bantering. Are they? Well, they might be now. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm actually, as I was watching this episode, I couldn't help but think to myself that perhaps uh, I feel it just felt like the setup of the episode mm-hmm. had to be done because of the death of Polly's character. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the storylines feel like they had to hurry up certain arcs, which I you know it's under uh, considering the circumstances. I think they're doing um, a spectacular job. I do think that they're presenting us with a lot of information in this episode that's hard to process. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Tommy goes into those seizures, those, those bouts uh, of like crazy seizing. I, th- by the way, I had to like almost turn away from the screen a bit. I was like, "Damn, this is kind of haunting." It was a, it was like a the bit first intense. one, the first one was intense as hell because I wasn't expecting it. Me neither. And um, it just took a tone because Peaky's never gotten. I don't that. think it's ever been that dark. No. Yeah, it hasn't. Not from my. Not Talk from about what the, I remember. Speaking of dark, like this—that's the lighting choice for this season. <laughs> Alfie's living in the dark. Mm-hmm. Alfie's the entrance to Alfie's thing. We'll talk about that more down the episode. But I was <laughs> like, damn, only Peaky could do this thing, bro. It's like, who's hitting the breaker? I don't feel like they got that kind of sophisticated lighting source back then, where you're walking and the lights are turning on. There's, there's been multiple things like that where I'm just like, eh. It's cool, but is yeah. it technically possible? They also, man, one of my favorite scenes like ever is mm-hmm. James Bond. Uh, is it the Quantum of Solace or uh, Skyfall? Maybe. One of the two is the opera scene. And they have the exact same, it's the same exact score or the same opera song mm-hmm. that they play there. And it's when Daniel Craig is watching all of the, uh, he's spying on everybody. We're getting a lot of James Bond stuff being sprinkled in to the season of Peaky. They're really doing the petition for for Killian Murphy. It's like they're playing subliminal mind games here, planting seeds from that uh movie, which mm-hmm. that's the best scene in that entire movie is mm-hmm. when he is um he's backstage, he's on top of like the stage in James Bond. Yeah. And everyone's it's Spectre and they're all meeting and they're and they're talking through their little headsets. Yeah. And he says, "May I say something?" You all, you people must really need to find a better place to meet. And then you start to see, because he doesn't know who's talking in the crowd. And so, he's trying to bait them to stand up and walk away. Uh And so, at that point, everybody stands up and walks away. Except for uh, Mr. White, the guy he beats the living hell out of in uh, the first, in the Casino Royale at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I rewind that scene all the time because of the the camera choices there. Just amazing. But... uh, He's the only one that stays sitting down. He's the only smart one in the crowd. He's like, uh-uh. They're trying to bait you to stand up so they can see you. <laughs> All right. Did you get your uh I got up? it up. I got it up finally. Take notes from my bantering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about um, some some character that we hear about in here who I didn't know is actually, I think it's a, a real character uh, or a real person. Um, the but friend I'll, from I'll, Berlin? I'll talk about it when we get there. Has to do about East Boston. East Boston. All right, all right, all right. All right, let's get this going. The episode begins. Tommy has returned from America. Mm -hmm. Okay? Seems like he hasn't slept in days. And he's, in my opinion, the editing choice is is he's reminiscing on Polly's, what Polly said to him, that Mm. 
there will be a war and one of you will die. You are Michael. Yeah. I got to say, I'm always admiring characters who have the ability to turn off stress at the drop of a hat. And the way he smiles at his daughter, he's like, hello, Ruby. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, <laughs> If I'm trying to disarm a bomb and my daughter walks in and I'm just like, what's up, baby? How you doing? You know what I mean? Like just hiding the stress completely while he is so stressed out that he proceeds to vomit on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's like, th- that's it's how crazy. stressed he is. And, and just at the flip of a switch, it's gone. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You really have control. I'm over here annoyed at my dog with uh the grass in his paws and here tommy is with a couple taking on the united states government (laughs) taking on the uk government jack nelson about to taking on jack nelson taking on oswald Oswald mosley jimmy mccavern who we have also not seen in this season we have not seen him yet uh but when we do i'm sure he'll be chanting something from the billy boys and we also still i hope you i really hope he is because i love the we are the billy boys <laughs> I can't think of the, the 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 rest of the lyrics to the song, but it's a great song. We when also go, still have not seen Finn at all in this, other than like I, the the opening shots on like the, the the first episode. But yeah, I think Ada kind of refers to Finn here. But let me give a little recap here. Tommy returns back, and he wants to take Ruby to the hospital because she's been she seems healed up here, and she's also a different actress now. They have replaced. The old uh, kids that were there. Mm -hmm. So, it's a new actress for Ruby and a new actress for Charles. Uh, There's a lot of interesting choices here in this episode in terms of how... I feel like we're just getting looks at Tommy that we didn't get to see in the first five seasons. What sort of looks? I mean, this throwing up on the sidewalk type of thing. The way they're they're shooting it now is the most movie-like it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Um the seizing, the alluding to the fact that he's had more of them. You mm-hmm. know, these are things that we're literally seeing his armor. It's like there's chinks in his armor. In um, seasons one through five, he's like above being human in some sense. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just, he's got no weaknesses. He's comparing scene. himself to God in the last season. Yeah. Well, but not yeah. God, not yet. I didn't get that far, but um, in terms of like, He's reaching Marty Bird levels of, of stress management, so. I think this tops Marty Bird levels, would you say? No, I wouldn't say. I would not say. Marty Bird. <laughs> no, I don't know. Marty, Marty got Bird is deal. all sorts of screwed. I haven't seen the last season, so. No, you haven't? All right. No, so don't, don't spoil. Maybe, maybe there's, there's more that's happened since, uh, since the one I saw. Were you annoyed with Lizzie like I was in this scene? Lizzie? I, yeah. I get it, but maybe I'm just a chauvinist. But um, she's like, she wants him to be, you know, present. And then he mm-hmm. says, Lizzie, we'll go home and we'll go to bed. And he says, what am I? Just a, che- uh, a note in your a checklist, a line on your to-do list. Something I'm like, like what that. do you want? He's, you're mad at him when he does. You're mad at him when he doesn't. <laughs> like, give me a break. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, does Lizzie forget that she was a hooker? Like, she I, has been brought up out of this life. Like, did she forget? It's no true. offense. This Maybe is, it's just we're just like little fanboys of Tommy. But. Uh, probably. It's, it's probably to some degree. You don't want anybody to say anything bad about him. That was harsh. Uh, said about Lizzie. <laughs> but, you know, she's been brought into this lifestyle. And you would think like she's, you know, I don't know. I, I guess she's taking care of the kids, but they got nannies and stuff like that. 
Well, it's not like they're broke either. We're I'm hating living in, uh, in in Birmingham at this point. They have a they have a mansion. They have I'm I just, sure a full staff working at the house. What frustrates me is that I think Lizzie's actually a better fit for Tommy because just than based Grace? off of yeah, for sure I would agree. Based off of her her past, she, I mean, she came up from the streets. You know, it's like it, she knows poverty. She's kind of come up the same way Tommy has mm-hmm. in her own way. And she's like gray area. She knows life's not black and white. And she's not judging him. He's not judging her. Like it's a it's a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But when she gets caught up, I understand she's like in mother mode in a sense, man. She wants to take care of her kids. Yeah. And also, if we're freaked out seeing Tommy and having a seizure, how is Lizzie taking this? You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Oh, my Did gosh. You, I, I don't think I ever realized how tall Lizzie is. She looks like... She's very tall. Extremely tall next to Tommy. She's taller than him, I think. She's pretty, though. She's got to um, be. Well, she might be wearing heels, too, but... Yeah, I mean, she's always wearing heels, so she's always looking... She looks taller, but... Mm-hmm. No, she, um, you had some good notes. I kind of want you to talk a little bit about Tommy's flashbacks and his seizures, because he has several flashbacks to when he's in the tunnels. Yeah. And we've seen these shots before when he... I paused, by the way, on the thing. But you know what? I just keep it playing. That's a, that's a mistake on my part. Oh, good. Um, I'm still playing. I just got to the seizure, so that's great anyways. Um, yeah. He ha- but remember, like in season one or two, I think mm-hmm. he has these same flashbacks. But go ahead. Well, I mean, the flashbacks were of him in the tunnel. This tunnel looks a bit different. Like I don't think we've ever seen this part of it. But um, essentially, Tommy's like having a seizure on the floor uh, and is having flashbacks of uh, his days in 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 his tunneling. Right, like and he came across somebody in here and ended up. I don't know if did he kill him in this flashback? I can't recall. I think he killed him in the flashback here. I think he's recalling his first uh we didn't quite see him kill him. Maybe it wasn't the first person he killed, but it was pretty traumatic what happened to them in France. I don't know the full details, but they were underground in a mm-hmm. collapsed tunnel. Mhm. For I don't know how many days. Oh, I have no idea how many days. But um I don't think that you get over that in your entire life of that situation, you know, on no. top of the fact you got men trying to kill you, you know? Well, all of this, it, it haunts them. I mean, which is, I mean, understandable, right? But we keep getting this, this flashback and you know, it's always kind of, he's always kind of had this like flashback and battling like th- this, this uh, thing from the past, but this really comes, comes out in this episode later on in the episode as we, as we begin to see these, other visions continuing to get a bit worse so all right so following his opening scene and the seizures tommy does recover mm-hmm. and goes into full politician mode in right front away. of the labor Again, party snaps. now i He's... didn't have the same interpretation you had you you think that tommy was delivering a message for them to be quiet like to actually get their cooperation and staying quiet i took it as the opposite he's trying to rile up this party to um to cause like more of an uprising so he he is trying to cause an uprising when i when i wrote the note it was because i mean he walks in and he's carrying a basically carrying a message and it was a message to be quiet or it was it was an instruction to be quiet but he uses that to rile them up right so he's not telling them to be quiet he's telling them that that's what people want them to do you know i will say um 
when you watch Peaky, you're watching a six-episode season. Mm-hmm. And so, most of the time, you have to imagine what is Tommy like as the politician when we don't get to see him. But they do a good job of, um, you know, showing you what his speeches are probably like on a regular basis. Because mm-hmm. we've seen him in the house, but we've never seen him talk in front of the men of the Labor Party, like his actual supporters. Yeah. This is the first time we see kind of like famous politician Thomas Shelby, you know? Absolutely. We, don't, we always see him in the House of Commons with the other politicians, but we don't see him amongst the common man. Um, and he kind of just owns it, man. Owns mm-hmm. it, owns it. You know? I he just does. thought... Uh, yeah, what did you think of his whole speech? I was going to say, whenever he walks into the room, he, he definitely has everybody's attention. It was, it was an interesting speech. It kind of reminded me a bit of Oswald Mosley's speech in season five to the rich people at the, uh, what was it? Not the, not the ballet, or whatever it was. Yeah, I... It's he's talking to his his audience, right? Yeah, Oswald was talk- talking to his in the last season, and, and Tommy's and he, really talking to his own here. Speaking of Oswald, we get kind of a tamer Oswald in this episode. Would you say? Yeah, he he is much more tame. I mean, we do find out that I think his wife had died, and this blonde lady is sort of keeping him happy. She was one of the ones they highlighted because you think about it, they highlight all of Tommy's current like biggest enemies in this episode. They highlight first the um the woman who ordered the for Polly to die. Yeah. Um, which her name is Laura I think we're McKee. confused. Laura McKee because yeah. I thought her name was Charlotte or something like that. Charlie yeah, that's her real name. Charlene McKean or something like that is her real name. Okay. Laura McKee is her name here and she's also known as Captain Swing. Captain Swing or Swain. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You know, the way pa- uh, Tommy looks at her here, it's like, um, how do I describe it? It's like a, you remember when Oswald gives that speech and everything kind of goes quiet around him mm-hmm. and you get that slowed down look where he's he's like, facially reacting to to like the energy in the room yeah tommy has that same thing here in a sense like he's on the he's walking a fine line with all of the wars and fights that he is causing it's like Mm -hmm. it either succeeds or it doesn't that's pretty much i guess with all of his his stuff but this one just feels like it's it's why it's the last season because what do you do how do you top the stuff he's trying to pull in this I, I don't think season. you can. I mean, like you said, it either it either works or it doesn't. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling a lot of stuff is gonna unravel in this season. Maybe maybe it'll it'll you know come together. Oh in the yeah, end. man, it's gonna be like but it, it's gonna be chaos. Well, over you the next know, few episodes. you know it is for a fact because he tells Lizzie and Ada in this episode mm-hmm. just one last one last heist. You know, just whenever you hear one. that one <laughs> last heist. Uh-huh. One That's last when everything heist. goes wrong. Oh, everything goes go to wrong. shit. <laughs> hey, man, whenever it sounds too good to be true, it's usually too good it to is. be true. But yeah. you just knew it was going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Would you say Arthur was the most composed in the scene with Captain Swain? Yeah. He seemed like a normal human being here, not when strung out on opium. I'm so annoyed that we've been robbed of the Arthur that we love for the first two episodes, and we only got four left. I know. 
We get a little bit of them here, but I don't like Opium Arthur. I like Cocaine Arthur. I love Cocaine Arthur. Opium Arthur is just a little... He's a little too boring. He still <laughs> looks like... Arthur looks the skinniest he ever has in all of Peaky Blinders so he far. He does. Right? Which is kind of funny because Tommy looks the least skinny he ever has. I feel like he's still bulking up a bit. Am I wrong in saying Captain Swain is uh, kind of attractive? I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Um, if she hadn't killed Polly, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a deal breaker there, right? <laughs> red flag. <laughs> red flag. Much major red flag. What do you think about the meeting between her and Tommy here? It's if <sighs> new Jesse Eden vibes. It, it, you made me think of that, but it also made me wonder where Jesse Eden is because she was. She was in the last episode of the last season. She's got to play some role. I don't think they would bring her, reintroduce the character for an episode and a half in the last season and just not talk about her again. I want to so, know where Billy Great is. I want that too. I hope, I, I want to see him like dead, beaten up or something. Yeah, dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get the impression here, and I've only watched it once. I know, I know, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Mr. Watch It 47 times, but this time, it was this a busy day, one. and I didn't get to uh, You watch didn't even it, get so. to watch it a second time. I haven't even watched it a second time. This time last week, I had watched the previous episode three times. No, it's two times. I'm exaggerating. But All right. Um, I'm Cuban, so we exaggerate by at least one or two more. Sure. Um, one yeah. or two. They're probably three. But... Uh, she's not imp- expecting this very sober-minded Tommy. The only person here who doesn't give Tommy grief for not mm-hmm. drinking anymore mm-hmm. is her. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think they've... This is the first time they've ever met in person. So she's never seen with her own eyes mm. Tommy with whiskey. Are you saying she's smitten? I don't know. She I'm looked like, a little smitten. Like, she has the hots for Tommy here. What woman in this show doesn't? Good point. Outside of the family. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Good point. I mean, even Ada comes in and she says, the answer is always yes. You know, Uh it's always yes. Um, I think, you know, speaking of women, Tommy might have a chance with another one that's uh, coming to America soon. So we'll talk about that. That would be one hell of a twist. Okay. So in this Captain Swain um, discussion... Tommy. One of my predictions oh, yeah? somewhat came true. I didn't bet a bottle of whiskey on it, but you should no. give me one nonetheless. Oh, um, my my prediction was that he would make an alliance with the IRA in order to, like, in his war against mm-hmm. uh, all of the wars he's causing here. Maybe World War II started because of Tommy, and this is, like, a subplot of the whole thing. I don't, I don't it know goes if wrong. they would like, spin at the end of, of him Yeah, yeah, like, at it. the end of the series, the end of the series, things go wrong. Like, just completely, he dies, uh, the, es- the shit escalates, mm-hmm. Hitler go- takes a turn, and just, like, he goes and takes Poland because of something Tommy did, you know? Well, remember, this, something is, goes this wrong. is after World War One. Yeah, but Hitler takes Poland in World War Two. All right, well, none of that's happened yet. I think we're a ways off. We are a ways off, but you imagine <laughs> that's, that's how like the that's, way the series isn't ends. Isn't that still, like, ten years away, though? Yeah, it pulls a Game of Thrones. It just kind of yeah. subverts everybody, and like, nope. I know I said this whole plot was this whole series was about Tommy's redemption, but he's actually gonna f everything up <laughs> and send the war into World War Two. It's gonna end with a shot of him dead with a oh, voiceover man. saying, "You must know your limitations, Mister Shelby." 
Uh, anyways, let me get back. I digress here. Uh, he's trying to t- uh, tempt Captain Swain with mm-hmm. uh, his intel with Jack Nelson and a Mr. FDR. Yeah, man. What do you think about this whole Franklin Roosevelt uh, subplot here? Is are they? Why would he be friends with Jack Nelson? Like we know the Kennedys were in with the president. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to me. I I don't know. I I am not too familiar with FDR and the Kennedys and all of that. Well, we know. So I can't say much. I saw I a history documentary where Churchill flies to the White House. He essentially works on convincing FDR to join the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Now, we know Jack Nelson, or I'm calling Kennedy Jack Nelson now. Uh, we know um, Joseph Kennedy was a isolationist. I don't think he wanted American involvement in the war. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of pulling a twisting history a bit here move because okay. I'm exp- I'm assuming Jack Nelson is a complete um reinterpretation of of uh the senior kennedy the one who got him their wealth you would know more than i would but um maybe he's not maybe they're doing their own thing i don't i don't i never saw like i think his name is joe kennedy i didn't i never thought of him as a fascist or anything like that so Mm -hmm. i don't i'm literally just talking off of memory so i really would have to verify any of this yeah, but um, I'm not. We're not going to guarantee anything we're saying at this point. Mm-mm. Tommy did drop some bombs in here, though, with all Please. of these letters he has from the president. Um, how does he have this intel? Do you think we're ever going to find out how he I, gets these letters? I don't know. I mean, Laura McKee, Captain Swing, asks the same question: mm-hmm. How do you have these letters? I I have no idea. Could, I have no idea either. I have uh, not even a guess of how he has these letters. Could Michael? be working for tommy no no are you crazy gina who maybe who else maybe i'm not ballsy enough to uh, predict the tommy gina hookup but michael I, seems awfully self-conscious a little bit insecure well i mean who wouldn't be in his position right mm-hmm. your your wife's kind of a loose cannon so who knows what to expect so what ada comes in here as the she has she's in her continued role as advisor by the way is this the garrison that we've always known yeah, because you know, there's a I wrote train a com- rolling yeah, across exactly now. i've never heard a train and there is there is some significant train noise in this like <laughs> no there is there's a highway above yeah. them or a railroad track i i never we got we have some like establishing shots of the garrison in here which i don't think we've ever seen a shot that wide outside of the garrison um, Ada Ada does talk about and mention that this is the bar they used to go pick up their father. Yeah, so when he it's was gotta be pissed drunk. I mean, I no, see the garrison uh, plastered all over the walls, so it is the garrison. Well, maybe they expanded and franchised. So who knows? Um, no, but this is the the garrison. This is the one. It might be. It might. It doesn't look like it though from any of the mm-hmm. other seasons, which just goes to show you the advance of like the industrial era of England. Well, keep in mind, like that's back in that tasting room. Remember in the last season. Um, what was it? No, it's the distillery room. In the last season, I told you they had expanded it. It goes farther back. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... I do find it, it interesting like it. after McKee and Tommy speak that Ada is listening the whole time. And this is for the first time where we see that Tommy's actually completely alone mm-hmm. in his mission and his undertaking of this mission. Because Ada essentially says, You're, you you got to carry this bucket by yourself. I have kids. 
Yeah. And this is the type of mission where you get killed if you fail type of thing. It is. Um, we also don't have your any kids Arthur. will be held against you, whatever it is. I mean, these are evil people Tommy's dealing with here. So, um, yeah, Ada's essentially letting him know this. And it's interesting to see because she uh, talks about how she's been trying to fill the role of Polly but failing. And I said something similar to observing that last episode when she's trying to get Arthur to clean up his mess. Mm-hmm. And it does make you wonder, like, just how much more the family would be put together if Polly was still alive. So I don't, I don't think, well, obviously Arthur would not be addicted to opium and I don't think, uh, you think so? Tommy would be writing this alone. Do you really think Polly's? I think she would have beat the hell out of him. Exactly. He wouldn't be addicted to opium. Yeah. I mean, he may have done it, but I don't think he'd still be doing it after that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Ada's trying to be Polly. She's just, she's not Polly. Um, the way this conversation kind of turns, I kind of get the impression that neither brothers are going to last long. Um, they're both it, going on their, going down their own path of self-destruction. It, it does feel like, to me, the, the vibes I got from Tommy is that he's willing to die on this mission if it means his family can be free. Yeah. And that he, that he can leave, he can undo the, a lot of the mess that he's involved in. Mm-hmm. by this one mission and you think about it and i can kind of see the rumblings of how he might be able to pull it off because he's you know with doing the alliance with the ira think about it he's offering to sell the opium to the irish and the jews mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. he's offering to do an alliance with the socialists and the fascists you know what i mean and yeah. he's working for winston churchill as an informant so he's risking pissing off literally everybody. When he says he's in the middle, when he draws a little circle. Oh, it's it's very it, true. <laughs> you see Winston Churchill's face when he's talking in the House of Commons, and it's almost like, yo, where what has happened to this guy? Mm-hmm. It's all you don't you, didn't you get the impression? Like you see his I facial did. expression. He's like, I don't know where he's going with this or how he's gonna bring it back. It's like when you're talking to somebody and they go on a tangent and you just don't know when they're gonna actually get back to the conversation. So every conversation we have? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it definitely, Winston Churchill had that look. I was a little confused as to the purpose of it all at that point anyways. Like, I feel like we've kind of gone, like, this has gone on too long. How long is he really going to ride the line with uh, with Tommy uh, Oswald? And, oh, you mean Tommy? I thought you were talking yeah. about, like, how, how long until Winston Churchill uh, pulls the plug on Tommy's operation. Well, I mean, that, that's another another good question as well. Like, because I'm just wondering how long it's going to keep going on with Because with from Churchill's perspective, it looks almost like Tommy's stoking the fire even worse. You know? It, some of the things he says in this episode. Yeah, now, I would agree. I need Jimmy to look up what the name of this opera is, and I also need everyone to go look up James Bond opera scene when you're done listening to this, or just pause the episode and go watch it. promise you it's amazing. Um... I'm saying a lot of ums in this episode, but it's because <laughs> I, because of my allergies. I blame it on that. Okay. Uh, that's the last um. This is the last um right here. Alfie uh, would be great living in a pandemic. He's clearly been isolation, isolated for far mm-hmm. too long. Uh, Tommy called... Damn it, I said it again. He Tommy calls <laughs> him out on his essentially being apathetic towards what's going on. He's been... He didn't answer the call when his uncle was killed in mm-hmm. boston and tommy's trying to appeal to alfie's last act it's very fitting alfie's looking for a way out the way tommy is he wants to go out with a bang and 
the way it's going to happen is by avenging his uncle, which would probably mean Alfie kills Jack Nelson. Well, can we talk about a couple of things here? First of all, the extremely epic walk down all of these barrels. Oh, please do. Yeah, with the that's lights. your territory. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we have Tommy walking down this long hall of, I'm assuming, are still rum barrels. Um, and the light just turns on above him every moment he walks past it as if there's like a motion detector. I'd love to know how, uh, how something like that would have been <clears throat> possible in like the 1930s, but whatever. Uh, we enter into the opera song, which I, Jimmy told me he couldn't find, but he did find a, a YouTube video specifically of this opera song scene from the Peaky Blinders on the BBC's YouTube channel. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's not a real song. Who knows? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Hold on. You said you're finding the BBC channel what? The BBC YouTube channel. Uh-huh. What about it? Has this specific scene with the opera thing in it, but I don't see a song in here yet. So. Oh, no. You have to look up James Bond opera scene. All right. Well, well I'll, That's I'll how look you'll it find up. out. I'll look it up in a, in a minute. Tommy Any- is... Sorry, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, you, you mentioned that uh, Alfie was going to have to avenge his uncle, but we didn't talk about his uncle at all, which comes up in this whole conversation. Yeah. His uncle's name is Charles Solomon, mm-hmm. or Solomons. Is it Solomons? Well, uh, I mean, Alfie is Alfie Solomons. Yeah, so it's Charles Solomons, and he's been killed. He was the leader of the East Boston Jews, which is like the rival faction to Jack Nelson's um, Irish. And I, I would also like to note, there was an actual, they called him King Charles Solomon of the East Boston Jews in that time. So interesting. So he's yeah. a real, he's a, he's a real person player. from what I, from what I gather. He'd love this podcast. Oh, he would. I mean, yeah, I'd hope so. Well, Tommy, <laughs> they tell him specifically don't smoke tobacco Yeah, around Alfie, but he's clearly testing what's left this is the shell of Alfie Solomons. This is it not really Alfie is. Solomons. I mean, he's already died. He He's the most submissive I've ever seen him of any scene in this scene. Would you agree? I agree. He's he's the least intimate. I mean, he was more intimidating in his room in Margate. <laughs> yeah, Tommy even. Shooting out of the ships. At least he was kind of like psychotic at this point. He just feels very weak. And yeah, like, yeah, like he's just kind of here. resolved that his life is over, you yeah. know, in some sense. Tommy does bait him, though. He's like, you can't even extinguish a man's cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd punch somebody in the face till they choked on the cigarette if they did that. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what did you think of the the audio quality of the gramophone there? I love the gramophone. <laughs> it is it is awesome. It, it's, it sounds better. I mean... I'm sure the records were brand new then, right? So I don't know how it played quite that loud throughout the entire hall, but it is <laughs> <laughs> talking crap. I wouldn't mind having one that's that that's nice. Yeah. I like how Alfie always pokes fun at anything that he likes for the most part. He's always like, you know, I thought opera was a bunch of fat people singing, uh yeah. just singing, you know. Yeah. But he's clearly been touched by it in some ways. Uh-huh. Either way, what you see here is that Tommy is on the side of Alfie. I also got the sense that they, they are the most, they're the closest thing to friends as they've ever been through all their BS in the past. Yeah. And, uh, whoa, I just, I, 
sorry, I had to, you were saying that, and at the same time you were saying that I got this shot of, um, it was this wide shot with Alfie in the background underneath the lamp with that harsh lighting and Tommy in the foreground underneath a different lamp that was higher up with the harsh lighting. And they were both doing something and it looked like they were both mimicking and mirroring everything the other one did at the moment. Well, Very interesting. It's interesting because well, these scenes, they actually film them differently than they do the other Peaky Blinder scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard Killian Murphy in an interview say that the chemistry with Alfie, you just never know where it's going to go. Yeah. To, to such a degree that they actually, they usually shoot over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So they'll do one person's dialogue, another person's dialogue type yeah. of uh, shooting in Peaky. But for the Alfie Tommy scenes, they actually roll two cameras at once so you can get the reactions of what's going on. Because I think Tom Hardy probably um, improvises a bit in some of his acting. I would assume so based on the way a lot of these conversations have gone. Yeah. And he even says something here where Tommy smirks. And I wonder sometimes if Killian's about to break character. (laughs) They've acted with each other for so long. They've been in so many um, either movies or... Well, mm-hmm. movies and then this TV show together. Uh, every Nolan film, they are in it with each other for the most part. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. They're a great duo. Yeah. Hey, so I know Michael's your favorite deep down inside. Oh, and his sorry. relationship with Gina is like a personal inspiration for you. But right. what did you think? I'm just kidding. I'm talking <laughs> crap right now. Because I was so repulsed and I know you were feeling the same way uh-huh. about this scene. Gina is honestly, the fact that Michael has allowed himself to be put into this position where she doesn't (laughs) even open the door. No. No, she's just a, she teased them with it too. She brings the keys right over to the door. You're going to leave? You're not going to give me any? Put it on the table. Nah, man. She is absolutely, absolutely tripping here. Yeah. Um... I don't know what's going to happen with Gina in London, but their marriage dynamic is not what I would call healthy. Not, not at all. I mean, here, she's teasing him through this entire, entire thing, which is, it's she doesn't even give him else. A, she doesn't even give him a kiss. No, nothing. Just leaves him wondering. I, uh, we were talking about he looks the actor pathetic. that plays Gina. Who, Michael? He I, ju- I, just, I just find him to look pathetic. He is pathetic. He's whipped. He's so whipped and he doesn't even know he's whipped. It's not, like for me, it's, yes, I would agree with you on that statement. But for me, it's just the fact of how he played his hand. You're talking that Michael probably would have inherited all of Tommy's um, position of power and influence and all that. Mm-hmm. And here he is locked behind a cell. As a pawn to a mm-hmm. woman that seems to have been using him, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if her her and her uncle got something going on. I'll be honest with you. I don't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised at that. It wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've heard of in a storyline like this. But I, she. Well, Tommy makes always a comment about it. Had I think control he was of him. Just, yeah, he's always well, had control which, of Michael, which makes me wonder: Did he know about her connection to like the, the mob, the mob boss of Boston, or did she know about his connection to the? Mob boss of Birmingham, London, or Manchester, or wherever the heck Tommy has control. I think he had to have had some knowledge of it. Otherwise, do you really think Michael, of all people, would have had the balls to say what he said to Tommy in the last season? Well, I'm going to say this. I would actually argue and say it's the opposite. Because Jack Nelson is a Tommy Shelby mirror in in some ways. Yeah. Um, 
so I would say that maybe he knew about it and he wanted some sort of intro to what was going on over there and puppeted this whole Gina Michael scenario. Hey, go get pregnant. You know, rope him into a marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to be my second in command because she is the favorite niece. As far as I know, she's also the only niece, but the favorite is... is uh, Not the exact... Not the exact... Um, mood i would expect from someone who's just been teased by their wife mm-hmm. in such a way that she won't even open the door and like you know well all she says is that i'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m and you're gonna wake up at 12 a.m <laughs> and we're gonna pretend we're having sex with each other yeah midnight night fucks 5 a.m i'm okay. sorry do you not have the keys to my cell huh yeah. You don't have the keys to my cell like Nobody right now? Nobody else like, is there. Nobody else is watching. Why do you think she has the keys? Just She's been teasing. given the keys for some, you know, what do you call that? Uh, What, what are those visits called in prison? Oh, God. If you ask uh, me. It starts with a C or conjugal a conjugal visit. visit. Yeah. She's given the keys because of that. I mean, I'm assuming Jack Nelson runs the prison. <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. Well, we get our next intro to two key villainous figures. Uh, in the scene that um, follows Michael and Gina in prison. Mm-hmm. We see Oswald for the first time, who seems a little more tame. Yeah. Now, if this is his mistress that he's with, yeah, is this his, uh, is this his mother-in-law or his sister-in-law? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> all neither. died. Who knows? Or neither. We, we, got a, we got some nice establishing shots of the British Union of Fascists logo yeah, and they got the, the whole Nazi, Nazi symbols. Uh, yeah, they, they really make an appearance here. And, you know, they later on in, uh, in the talks here, you know, when Oswald Mosley and his mistress are talking to Tommy and uh, Lizzie, mm-hmm. they make reference to their friend or some friend or third party in, in Berlin. And I was wondering, I'm like, who, who could it be? A friend in Berlin. I think the friend in Berlin is Adolf Hitler. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, uh, let me tell you this. Go for uh, it. I don't buy that Oswald would let a woman being how I've seen him uh, in previous episodes, the way he treats women. You think he would he would let her in unless she just understands him because the way they highlight her she's not like a typical one of his it's mistresses. It's like it's like the Gina Michael dynamic. It, that's exactly what it is. Like she is maybe just as formidable as Oswald is the way they introduce her. So mm-hmm. she has a larger part to play in the season. She's not just a mistress. No, she, she is she, she is like a player in this game here. Yeah. Speaking of the friend in Berlin, she mentions that the friend in Berlin also stopped drinking. So she draws, there is a, he is, Tommy's trying to get her to be attracted to him, to mm-hmm. cause a rift between their relationship. Um, he mentions that to Lizzie. He says, I think you look gorgeous, Lizzie, but I also must make this woman think that she looks, that I think she looks gorgeous. Yeah. And they share a glance where they slow it down and then you see her facial expression and you see Tommy's. Mm-hmm. How'd you like uh, Arthur's appearance to this event? I hated it. Apparently, he's even been hanging out with Oswald, he says, at his mansion. And it seems like Oswald has been making, trying to make matters worse with Arthur because it makes Tommy's life just 
constantly off balance trying to go pick up some messes of his brother you know yeah so he's probably providing him with opium and parties and all sorts of stuff but he's dressed as a fascist he's wearing the literal black shirt mosley's this is literally a middle finger from mosley because mosley's the one who gave him the shirt Mm -hmm. supposedly now Anything symbolic here? Johnny Dog's taking his shirt. Does Johnny Dog's die for Arthur at the end of this season? Uh, I don't know if I would. I really love Johnny Dog's, man. I, love I really Johnny love Johnny Dog's. I don't think he's going to die in this. <laughs> I just don't. I like if if you if you had to put Arthur dying or Johnny Dog's dying, I have a feeling it's going to be Arthur. Johnny Dog's I don't want is it just... to be. I just have a feeling it would be Arthur over Johnny Dog's. Yeah, I mean, Arthur I just, doesn't I feel look like, good. Man. I feel like we're gonna meet the demise of of either Arthur or Tommy in this season, and man, they, it's just not looking good. <laughs> I just love the fact that we still get some grounded moments where him and Arthur beat the hell out of these fascists, <sighs> just to show you that they're not on board with this agenda. Mm-hmm. It's just great, but I don't understand why Arthur's hanging out with Oswald. He mentions that. Yeah, I I didn't get that either. Maybe he's like. As a, um, on the inside, just trying to get a little bit closer. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if look, if you're addicted to opium or anything like that, right? And I don't think Oswald's involved with the opium. As, you, like you think? I mean, I, I just don't think. I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there for the opium. Tommy has seven tons of it. It's not like Arthur can't get it. Yeah, but Tommy has seven tons of it. Tommy Trust doesn't me. want Arthur strung out on opium. Judging by Arthur's weight in this series, I would assume that he's not having a hard time coming across the opium. And he's injecting it too, which is even worse. It's true. Hiding it hiding it in his sock. Consider <laughs> considering how strong that drug is. Yeah. It's almost unrealistic to me how put together he is here. I love I love when uh Tommy bitch smacks him across the face. He's like, You hit me. <laughs> he's like so surprised yeah he got smacked across the face for being extremely high yeah no, i uh... i didn't know what to think of the uh this little fight that they all got into with, with the little fascist downstairs i mean it looked like there was already a fight going on what did, it what was did the fascist beating that? up um some jewish protesters i think ah. and then arthur stepped and he says i'm not in the middle tom and he goes and just goes apeshit and, and beats them all up. And Tommy joins in, which shows us that Tommy's also not in the middle. Mm-hmm. But the key thing here in this scene is that Tommy holds a carrot in front of Arthur. Yeah. And he says, if you can stay clean, I will write a letter to Linda. He's essentially trying to bait Linda to come back in order mm-hmm. to get his brother clean again. But he has a letter from Linda already saying that she believes in forgiveness. Yeah. Well, I'll believe it when when I see it. That yeah. returns. We need if she doesn't return, Arthur dies. I will say that. Uh, yeah, I I feel like she's got to make some appearance in this. I agree. I I agree. She was We're, at the premiere, so I guess she has to come back. Exactly. Exactly. We're still introducing and reintroducing characters, which is what I said. This this episode really felt like like all of last episode all of this episode like we're really getting all of these characters reintroduced into this for, for some yeah big finale so i don't well, know how long that's going to continue going on until we get to the end speaking of finales the last 15 minutes of this episode is where all the magic happens for the most yeah. part you get your introduction to oswald's woman who i am blanking on her name at the moment did you catch her name no that was the one one name i really did not catch if I had I rewatched know. this episode twice, I would know it, but uh, I didn't. So, 
Yeah. We get the moment of their introduction, and you also get like the the foursome of Tommy, Lizzie, and and the mysterious mistress who we don't know whose name, what her name is. I think it's uh, Diana Freeman Mitford. Ah, Diana. There you go. That yeah. rings a bell. That rings That's a bell. It. Well, the way that they introduce her, it's like she is an adva- an advisor or a decision maker of Oswald's organization, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder how much say does she have? And also, she doesn't beat around the bush. She's, I would say, more rude than Oswald because she does it in a slappy kind of um, subtly <laughs> type of way. And uh, she pretty much calls out Lizzie, who essentially is out of her league here in terms of intel and decision making from a organizational standpoint but Mm -hmm. at the same time holds her own in other ways that diana does not yeah right did you uh what did you think of the shot where diana announces or she's walking down the stairs to announce oswald and we got that really super like focused shot between it was a little too dramatic for my taste no i actually liked it a lot i liked it a lot it was um I just think it did the right thing in introducing that she is she is more than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. She is not a... She sees an opportunity with Mosley. So she can be... Because she's using him for an opportunity, she can be used for an opportunity. God, she just looks like a puppet master. He looks like a puppet. He does. He just looks weakened in this, uh, in this series. But she looks like the devil on the stairs. Yeah. He like, doesn't seem like he's in control anymore I, I don't know what it is about him i don't know what to think about it yet either yeah i think that'll play out more but she totally seems to be in control of the situation mm-hmm. and at this point he's been relegated to just being a politician while she does the dirty work yeah that's what i think is that he has to have the clean face outward mm-hmm. and now she does the dirty work for him she does could, remind me of the russian though who gave the cursed jewel to uh yeah to grace i can see that a little bit I don't know, like, he's always seemed very removed from the dirty work himself anyways, though. So, I'm, like, I'm not sure what she would be doing, unless it's a connection with the Nazi party or something like that, Maybe. Right? She might have a connection with Nazi Germany. But he, Boswell just, just seems altogether more tame. It's almost mm-hmm. like she is his uh, sickum dog, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, she says the insults that I'm used to Oswald saying. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting choice. Oswald also looks a bit skinnier now. I don't know if Sam Claflin's losing weight for another role, but he looks a bit skinnier to me than he did in the last season. I don't know. He he does he does seem a little skinnier, but maybe maybe it's just to play into his. Uh, slightly weaker appearing character i don't know does oswald die in this season what do you think so all right i if i didn't say it on the recording i was saying it to you where i feel like the situation where oswald mosley and um tommy would have like just been resolved in the time jump as we can see it doesn't happen However, when I looked up on the IMDb credits, I think I only saw him 
in one episode of this season. I don't know if they update it as the Oswald? episodes release. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know. I, I I thought he would die or like this whole thing would already that, be over. That was but. a flaw for IMDb because it would yeah. give away spoilers in terms of who's what. Yeah. But sometimes shows do something. They actually, um, they will pay an actor for multiple episodes just to, just to stop a spoiler. Like if you're a big enough show. Yeah. They'll just do it to, to avoid the spoilers. I mean, it's there's worth some it. productions. I think Christopher Nolan gives out a fake script. <laughs> like he he leaks like fake stuff so that people can't. Um, it's know a good strategy, dude. Because nowadays I feel like everything gets leaked all the time. Something gets hacked. Somebody leaks something. It's kind of it's kind of annoying, honestly. What's really the the key thing that happens in this meeting with Oswald? Uh, I mean, they're chatting about their friend in. And Berlin, in Berlin and then they're Hitler. also talking about you know introducing Jack Nelson to ah, the fascists and yes. helping him achieve his goal with making some relationships with the fascist yeah. party yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and getting yeah. him men to help him do what it, whatever he's going to do which I don't think we really got into a lot of details into that conversation yeah anyways after after speaking with uh diana and oswald you know we cut to this really wide open establishing shot in the church a freaking massive church i would love to just walk in here just to see how incredibly big it, it looks um but we get a reveal of a character who you know what was my first oh, yeah my yeah, right. you, you go ahead you go ahead oh i was just gonna say we get a reveal of a character who i think we both think wasn't cast the best maybe we can get into that in a minute, i like but it he, is Jack he, he grows on me though like at first, I saw him. It's not that I don't like the casting or the actor. It's just I was expecting a Somebody older. older fellow. I was expecting yeah. someone like about 10 years older than Tommy. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. And what I got is somebody who I think looks younger than Tommy. That's what I thought, too. Like, he looks a good 10 years younger than Tommy to me. Yeah, that that's my issue with it is that he looks too young mm-hmm. to be an advisor to the literal president of the United States. Yeah. I'm not buying it. So, he just looks like he is in his early 30s. And Tommy looks like he is probably in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, Tommy doesn't look like he's almost 50. He looks like he's like late 30s, early 40s to me personally. But I don't know. I do think it's an interesting choice though. And he mm-hmm. definitely seems formidable. And he probably just beat out somebody. They probably gave him a scene and he just killed it. Yeah. I And honestly, I buy it. I buy him. It's just he looks a little bit too young to be that revered name that in the meeting is. Oh, hey, exactly. oh, oh, you mentioned the name. You're gonna, oh, you're gonna be killed. It's enough. This to get man yourself knows killed. things that can kill him, and he says them out loud anyways. Yeah, you know, like oh, this guy. It, this is nowhere near as bad as the original casting of oh, Winston Churchill. Churchill in the first yeah. season. This is this is still a thousand times better. But yeah, and by the way, I'm not saying it because mm-hmm. the acting is bad. I'm just saying it. No, the acting is good. Of, He's because good. Of what I was expecting. He's I was just younger than like, we thought. I was expecting somebody like in their 50s, maybe even 60s. It's just like an older fellow. More of a Winston Churchill-esque yeah. figure. I did wonder something. It's completely off guard, but mm-hmm. they're filming in a church and they're totally saying things that are like anti-God in the church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as the church, how do you sign off on this scene? Is this actually a church or this is like a, a museum at this point? 
I don't know. I would have to read the script if I was in charge of the church. Like, what are you going to say in this church? Like, that's disrespectful in my opinion. I think the uh, the walls might crack if you say that. I find it disrespectful. Like, if I was if I was if I was the one in charge of the church, and I'd have to read the script. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're going to pay you, me. You're going to pay me to say, say what? Here. You're going to pay me to say you don't believe in God? That you uh-huh. kill the priest? What? <laughs> in this church? Come yeah. on. Well, any, anyways, go, this, go build a church with some budget. You know, <laughs> it's all post production now. Uh, yeah, you're right this about is that. a very interesting um, conversation between Jack and and Tommy. This is where I really felt like the the episodes finally started picking up. Like it's been a really slow all the way up until this point, but we uh, we learn a few things about both. I would say Jack and Tommy. Uh, they're both two working class Catholic boys, right? They mm-hmm. talk about the first man that each each of them killed. So the first man that Jack killed was a priest. Mm-hmm. The first man that Tommy killed was a Prussian man with green eyes. Which is interesting because mm-hmm. Ruby's been having visions of a man with green eyes. Yeah. And Tommy's been having seizures, right? With Tommy the- has been having seizures. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see a little bit more of that in a minute. Um, but beyond that, they ask, you know, like, well, when was the last time you killed somebody? Or who was the last person that you killed? And I found Tommy's response to be uh, very interesting. He says the last person he killed was four years ago, and he killed Thomas Shelby. So those are the things, those are the only lines that I'm not a big fan of. Because mm-hmm. if I'm Jack Nelson, I say, all right, who's the next one? That's how I'd follow up if I was Jack Nelson. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that cop-out answer. Like, I mm-hmm. understand you're cool, but I'm not here for the show. I have main character energy, too. So, can you give, like, actually tell me who you killed? But a lot of times in this show, people, the Shelbys just get away with these lines that are just, you know, we're the Shelbys and we well, do things like that. It know. is, it is written for them, so they can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, we, I'm teasing. It's, I wouldn't like the show if it didn't have these lines, but I was just thinking no, to myself. I mean, he wouldn't be such an epic character at I that know, point. I would just be thinking to myself, I want to know who he killed. Like, tell me. Yeah. I'd say the last person he killed was the Mickey in the bar, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that was the last person that he that he killed with his own hands. Who will be the last person he kills? Um, we we also get a little bit more dialogue about you know why Jack is really here. He wants to meet fascists, but the one in tuxedo is not the ones in black shirts. Yeah, so he's and, in the he's yeah. in the Mosley camp. He's looking for power. For he's sure. looking to this little. Um, but he doesn't seem like someone who wants to be outside of the shadows. He seems to appreciate power from the shadows. Yeah. But he, I mean, he, he makes sure that his, his uh, bad parts of his past are hidden and covered up and are no longer viewable by the public. Is he from New York or Boston? I, he looks more like a New Yorker to me, but I'm not too familiar with He's, people from Boston. Cause, cause Gina says my baby will be born in New York. Yeah. All right. So, are you from New York or Boston? Cause your uncle's the king of Boston, and this last time I checked, New Yorkers and Bostonians hate each other. Mm-hmm. So, where are you from? I well, think. Well, I think maybe a little plot, Boston, right? There's, First there's, plot hole in the show. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's the East Boston Jews that that own, F- own Boston. FDR right? is from New York, though. I think. So, well, anyways, we Tommy offers to offers Jack some man that will support his cause as well as providing information on Churchill's moves in exchange for access to East Boston. I don't know how he that's going to play he's, out. He's he's intrigued. 
Jack Nelson mm-hmm. specifically with his connection to Winston Churchill. Yeah. I think that was the key there, which means that he is now playing with fire against the British government. Mm-hmm. Tommy's literally picking a war with everybody. Yeah, this is going to be To essentially sorts. conquer everyone. All sorts of craziness is going to break loose in this and season. I, and I say that because it, it's directly after his speech with Nelson that he goes into the House of Commons and gives his impassioned speech again about socialism. And Winston Churchill has this face of just... Mm-hmm. I thought you were on my side, but are you still on my side, Mr. Shelby? Yeah. Meanwhile, while while Tommy's talking, we have Ruby who's at the house staring at the chimney like a possessed child. Seeing That's, this scared the hell out of me. I almost seeing had to, a green man. I had to stop. I almost had to stop watching. I was watching this episode like at one a.m. yesterday. <laughs> I was like, why looking behind me and stuff? I was like, damn. Do you hear the green man coming down the chimney? No, no, no. no, no. But uh, she she's breaking a sweat and. Well, breaking a sweat she has out. a hundred fever of 101 well she, well she does after the doctor gets here at the very least but yeah. she's she's in another world right now tommy's also in another world i think this scene is key also because lizzie finally understands that tommy is not delusional like there's something wrong with ruby yeah yeah i mean she definitely seems much more concerned here than previously yeah hey w- did you notice that oswald's girl diana is sitting at the top and she's looking down gleefully, I listening did. to Tommy's speech. Mm-hmm. Like she is into Tommy. Another like I one. Said, who All isn't? Of them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I don't. I feel like, you know, she has more power than Oswald does, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I just don't know what the di- like. She has to be related to. Or have some sort of control over the Nazi party. I would imagine she might just have Oswald wrapped around her finger, man. Yeah, Women. she could. She could, but she you know. she just seems like she has become the brain behind the organization at this point. I think she just knows how to play Oswald. And, that could be too. You know, they always say that. Uh, you know, she has influence. You know what the like demeanor of her character kind of reminds me of, or who she kind of reminds me of? Is it someone in this show? No, no. Can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Can I get one clue? Uh, I'll give you the movie. Okay. Harry Potter. Bellatrix Lestrange? No. Umbridge? Yes. I was thinking more... Lestrange because of her eccentricness. Her her little giggly yeah, I know thing as she that. as she sees things unfold in front of her that she likes to see is what what's getting me. What's up with Tommy here with these visions? It's just Is it P, is it just PTSD to the max here? Uh I You're talking about after he walks into his office? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he walks right, so, into his office and he has his vision of a man. Yeah. Who's covered in dirt trying to kill him. Yeah. So he, there's a line in here somewhere that he says to, I forget who he says it to, honestly, but Tommy enters, enters his office and he has another one of these seizure like episodes uh, on the floor, passed out. And he keeps having these flashbacks, which I feel like there's like, these visions that are slowly are crossing into reality it almost feels like kind of like what we were seeing with grace in the last season yeah um 
but I think the person that he's killing in the tunnel is the first man that he killed, the Prussian with green eyes. It may have been. I I think that's what it was because and every time he kills the guy, he like he kind of snaps out of it. Right. Yeah, so, that's a good. That's so, a good point. I never actually put that that together. Yeah. So I I don't know what it is, and and we have. Uh, like the, like it's so much so like this vision crossing into reality that he walks into the room and as if it's happening in real life we see some man full of you know mud and dirt in his face come out of nowhere grab him from behind and try and kill him and then we start seeing these flashbacks into the tunnel where I he fights him i thought the show was doing a pivot and they were gonna just pivot the entire show to being a zombies a 1930s zombie show <laughs> and just do like a tarantino-esque rewrite history the zombies take over it's like nazi zombies man that would be crazy <laughs> the peaky blinders video game the, <laughs> the shelby's versus the nazi zombies sentence you to die again yeah what did you think of the shot of grace being put in focus that creeped me out man this was like I, a somewhat horror movie this i time. know it really was i i didn't know what to think about it i was actually gonna ask you because when uh basically lizzie and tommy are talking after tommy arrives home at night ruby's with the doctor the doctor says hey you shouldn't go in there go closer to her because she's coughing up blood they walk out of a room and we get this shot of grace i don't know if it's gonna be like you think the russians are gonna come back in any way here at this point i wouldn't be surprised who hates uh who hates nazis uh the russians do i mean they hate communists my bad yeah. right no they hate uh what am i mixing up here it was hitler who hated communists i have no idea what you're mixing up i don't know but continue with your thought well no i mean that was that was about it i don't know if, if that meant like the russians were coming back or something in this in this season at some point but um i don't know it, it was it, there's got to be a reason why they focused in on the photo. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I guess we'll find out in the next episode. I have no idea, but we will get introduced back to Esme, Esme Shelby Lee, mm-hmm. who should be able to give us some answers into Ruby's condition. I, I think the season starts to kick up and doesn't look back next week. This was the final setup episode, and now they only got four episodes to wrap this up. So it's going to be just spectacular from here on out. I really and usually that. usually the last episode is not the greatest in a final season. Hmm. It's usually like the second or third to. It's usually like the second to last because the last one you got to spend at least the last like twenty minutes of the episode everything. resolving everything. Yeah. Which at that point the conflict's been resolved, so now you're just going to resolve stuff. You're probably going to have a conversation with Churchill. Like those things need to happen in the last twenty minutes of the mm-hmm. of the season. And maybe, I think, personally, it's going to end with Churchill visiting them in Birmingham. Um, spending a day with his that family. Would, that would, I, I, I still think that would be an epic way to end the show. I think that's the way it needs to end, for sure. Churchill comes to Birmingham. He comes he to the garrison. Into, yeah, he walks into the garrison. The whole room gets quiet. And then, you know, he says something epic. I think that's how I see it happening. Yeah. Um, hit me with the superlatives, Zach. That, right. that wraps up the episode recap portion of this. I was... Uh, uncharacteristically unprepared for this one but uh i think we did all right i think we did all right as well it it just really was a almost painfully slow episode 
not painful. It was still a good episode. All right. Best scene out of the many long drawn out scenes. <laughs> I had it and now I'm forgetting it. Um, you say yours first. See if I can remember the what my favorite scene was. So my favorite scene, probably because the most was happening, was literally like the last couple like there was the there was the multiple things going on it was tommy's speech it was the thing happening with ruby and then you know we we start to see like these visions and, and what i think is the green man that that ruby's seeing that tommy keeps killing that's coming after the both of them or all of them um i think we're starting to see him whoever it is i don't know who it is yet that was uh i think that was that was my first pick and then finally meeting jack nelson not a yeah. very intimidating conversation but no I'm he insinuated some stuff though i yeah i think my favorite scene was probably the entire oswald party huh? um the arrival the arthur situation the introduction to diana and seeing her that moment on the stairs I, all of that was probably my favorite part of the episode at least the most interesting mm-hmm. i'd have to say yeah, I'm I'm happy to see Oswald back just because he was a great adversary in the last season, but I'm not impressed by him yeah. so far. Most memorable characters in this episode. Probably Oswald's uh, girl, Diana. Mm-hmm. That's who I was going to say. Everybody else we kind of already knew, aside from Jack Nelson. Even Jack Nelson, like he, maybe it's because I only watched it once, but it's kind of forgettable. He wasn't a very memorable character in here, and I don't know if that was by design or not. Right, like he doesn't want to be I just, known dealing with people like this, from what felt, I can tell. It felt a little random of the way they met. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll see more, but it just didn't feel so like there was much of a build up. Yeah, I think the second most memorable character i'd have to i'd have to give the uh the ticket to here though is ruby in this one mm. that was it was pretty creepy just chilling there at the end staring up a chimney i see the green man coming yeah it's creepy it's creepy for sure uh anything else any i was any other notes that, that or any other moments that kind of stood out for you no i really just think that a, the first episode was recap what everyone's been up to and what's going on now and then mm-hmm. this episode was, here are all the chess pieces. Here are all the pieces that Tommy's using in his strategy. Mm-hmm. All in the same place, all in London. Now, what goes down, we're going to start to see it unfold in the next episode. I think we got to have Arthur somewhat put back together in the next episode. But that's just me. I think it's going to take an episode to get him put back together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like It starts next episode because you can't just have it happen yeah on episode four or five but we also haven't seen finn so i expect finn next week dude i want what it, what could you know what do you think finn's up to let, let, i let, think let's, he's just let's close I think on he's that just i think he's just running the criminal side of the operation that's it i don't think it's anything major is there is there a criminal well i mean there yeah. is the running of opium and stuff like that so yeah yeah there is there is we just don't know what finn's up to i don't know so i we'll see I have no idea what he could be. Well, up we to. have a episode for this later this week. We're gonna do our midweek. If we do it, we didn't do it for the last last episode. So we didn't. No, we recorded that. We did the recap, and then we didn't do the. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah we got to do it. We got to do it this week for sure. Yeah. So, 
All right. right. Um, that's all for this one. Thank you all for tuning in. And we still have Zach's famous outros. The lovely outros. Thank you for listening to Season 6, Episode 2 of the Peaky Blinders Podcast by Story Archives, brought to you by the Midnight Exchange Podcast Network. That was pretty good. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Story Archives. Uh, you can visit a website at storyarchives.themidnightexchange, which brings us into the podcast network. As I mentioned before, there's a website there at themidnightexchange.com with a whole bunch of links to a podcast out there and some social media if you want to go give that a follow. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all. Until next time, stay peaky.